Good morning, everybody. I want to thank you for your um, well wishes over my last week. Uh, I was definitely about at the worst of my flu on Tuesday and Wednesday last week when I was joining you for meditation. And um, it's a wallop of a flu. I'm, I'm definitely a lot, lot better. I'll be back in the office today, but um, if you haven't gotten your flu shot, that is my PSA for the morning. Please go get your flu shot because it's a bad flu. Anyway, I'm gonna start with um, the story of Sylvester and the Magic Pebble. Do you know that one? It's a children's story. I loved it when I was a kid. It was written, I think, in the 60s by William Steig. And uh, my kids loved it when I brought it around. It's a story of a little family of donkeys, two parents and their only child, Sylvester. It won a Caldecott medal. And the story just, it always kind of haunted me. In brief, Sylvester the donkey loved stones and gems and everything else. And he found a really beautiful stone and realized that it was magical and he could make a wish when he was holding the magic pebble. Well, a scary lion appears and without really thinking hard about it, Sylvester wishes himself to become a big rock to protect himself from the lion. So he's turned into a rock and he's saved. And the lion, confused, leaves. But then Sylvester wishes himself to be back to his donkey self. But he doesn't have the magic pebble on him and he can't turn back. He is trapped inside this rock and completely unable to communicate. Well, his donkey parents are bereft, as you can imagine. They go searching for him wide and low and they cannot find him. They end up, of course, right at the spot where he disappeared, where now this giant rock uh, is in the middle of this little field and it's their son, but they don't even realize it. And this sort of like haunting um, trope is that they come every year to the site where they lost their son and have a picnic right on the rock which is their son, but they don't realize that it's him. And years and years pass like this. I remember when I read this story as a child, I just thought to myself, I can't imagine what it must be like to be right there next to his family who are crying over him and he can't say, it's me, I'm in here. Um, it seemed like a story that obviously could never happen but just last week, my daughter told me about a story she learned in her meditation minion at school. Yes, you heard that right. She is in a meditation minion and she loves it. Anyway, her teacher told the story of a boy. This came from, it's a true story from 1990s of a boy named Martin Pistorius. I think he was born in South Africa. At the age of 12, he fell inexplicably sick. And first he lost his voice, then he stopped being able to eat, then he was sleeping constantly and shunned all human contact. Doctors were totally mystified and within 18 months, he became 
mute, wheelchair bound, and uh, completely lifeless. Um, Martin's parents were told that it was some unknown degenerative disease and that he was going to be left with the mind of a two month old baby and probably less than two years to live. So they were um, understandably completely distressed and bereft. Uh, he ended up not just living for two years, he ended up living for years and years and years, but living in this state that was essentially a vegetative state. Um, every day, his family would take him to um, a care center and um, he would come home at night and at night they would have to set an alarm every two hours and turn him so that he wouldn't get bed sores. Um, it was uh, not a life that you could imagine anyone would want to live. Um, but they thought at least he didn't know what was going on. So at least he was not aware of how horrible his life was or so they thought. It turns out that within a year or two of this whole process that Martin's brain came back to life, but none of his other abilities came with them, his ability to speak or move or let anyone know. So for many, many years, he was mute, unable to care for himself, but his brain was completely aware of everything that was happening. He would go to this daycare facility, whereas now at this point, an 18 year old man, they would just put him in front of Barney on the TV all day. To this day, he says that that insanely happy purple dinosaur gives him PTSD. Worse than that, some caregivers mistreated him, some even molested him, uh, treating him like an inert object, like a rock. But he was not. Uh, he was aware of everything, including how much his life had put a strain on his parents' marriage and on their finances. He heard the conversation where his mother said out loud that he wished that he was dead. And he actually had a lot of compassion for his mother in that moment. He thought that he was going to have to live like this forever, trapped in his own body, unable to communicate or ever be seen. And I thought to myself, oh my God, he's like Sylvester. He is right there in plain sight of his loved ones, and they have no idea that he's actually in there. I don't know how he survived but he talked a little bit about how he lived his own life that he made in his head. He learned how to watch shadows and read them so that he could tell the time and when his father would pick him up from the facility, which was, he said, the best part of his day. He learned to create imagination and fantasies in his own mind and to dream. Imagine the ability to do that. Now this went on for over a decade. And then one nurse who was quite astute noticed life in his eyes that belied what everyone was saying about his um, brain functioning. 
she's insisted that there was more going on up there than they thought. And she said, you have to get him tested. And so they did. And sure enough, Martin was very much, an adult Martin was very much in there. And through computers, uh, first by blinking at certain things, he started to be able to communicate. And as he began to be able to communicate, some of his physical functions returned. Uh, most importantly, his ability to move his fingers so that he could type. He still cannot speak, but now he can type his thoughts into a computer and the computer can speak his thoughts. Through all of this, he was actually able to write a book about his life story. He even eventually found love and got married. Now, this is just an unbelievable story. And Martin got a very happy ending to a story that, you know, I thought was going to be hopeless. And by the way, so did Sylvester the donkey. Eventually, at one point, his parents see the magic pebble next to him and put it on and say, oh, he would have loved this pebble. And while the pebble is on him, he wishes himself to be a donkey and he becomes a donkey again. Martin's story is so fantastical and so extraordinary and remarkable that if I did not watch his TED talk, I don't think I could have possibly believed that this story that my daughter was relaying to me was true. These seem so out of the ordinary, but I realized that actually this story in one form or another is happening all the time and it's happening all around us and not all of them have happy endings. Because how many people around us feel invisible or unknown or unable to communicate who they truly are? How many people feel trapped by their bodies, maybe because of an illness or maybe because of gender dysphoria or maybe because of aging and they, they feel like their bodies cannot help them communicate who they really are? How many people feel trapped by their lives, their jobs because of societal or family pressure or financial pressure or the inability to dream of anything else. I mean, there is no more stark example of this feeling of being, being trapped in a life uh, that does not enable you to communicate who you truly are. I think there's no more stark example than the story of Martin. But I think we all know challenging and sometimes tragic stories that are some form of this. And at the heart of so much of this is our ability or our inability to communicate. And I also think that this story reminds me of just how miraculous our minds are. Think of what Martin's mind had to be able to do in order to survive for a decade the way that he survived. Uh, I don't know how he did not go completely mad. I remember that um, when my daughter told the story to me and to my husband, I thought to myself, oh, I'm gonna share this story at my meditation. And I was thinking, what is the message? I said, to, I turned to my husband and said, what do you think is the message of that story of Martin? He said, you never know. <laughs> and I laughed. But I actually think that, that response is true, that there is 
such a mystery, such a humility in the face of the power and resiliency and the wonder of the human mind. You just never know what is possible or what is going on in there. And what I could say is that meditation, which is one of the ways that I think that Martin survived, I don't know if he would have called it meditation, but it was a very mindful meditative state, uh, was probably truly the key to his survival. And I wanna suggest that the more quiet we get inside, the more we can read our mind's cues and understand its workings and harness its power and ultimately communicate the depth of who we are. Get out from those traps. So that is our thought for the day. Now, Martin wrote a book, I told you, it was called Ghost Boy. And it was about his feeling alive, but completely invisible and a trace of himself. Interestingly, in Hebrew, the word for ghost Ruach is the same word as breath or soul. And I think of Martin not just as an invisible ghost boy, but as a boy of immense soul. That's the only way I can explain how he came out. So I'm going to suggest that that's our mantra, which is Ruach, your soul. So let's settle in, close your eyes. Let's offer our gratitude for the day. Thank you, God, for the gift of this day. And if you want to use your mantra uh, to help you get in the right place, I suggest that you do. And otherwise, I invite you to just get in touch with your breath to let yourself be quiet and see what arises. Don't mind the time.
right? Ruach Elohim, may God's spirit be with you. Ruach Elohim, keep you safe from harm. May the love of God be your shelter from every storm. May you feel that Ruach, that spirit in you. And I hope you have a blessed day. See you next week.